You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. to a very special episode of the Attacking Scrum podcast, a momentous occasion, not just Wales beating South Africa on their own patch for the very first time, but Dan Killick is genuinely on this podcast for the first time since God knows when. I, I want to say maybe after the England game, did you come on, Dan? Yeah, he's that sounds about promised, right. He's promised us 40 minutes of his time before uh, <laughs> yeah, before the, the private helicopter comes to, to whisk him away. Yeah, how are we doing, Dan? Haven't got time to haven't got time to to fill in with too much small talk, but everything good? I see I'll keep it short. <laughs> um, message, yeah. Message for the listeners. Message for the listeners. Thanks for having me back on. Uh Jed and Murph. I know I've been blocked out for a couple of weeks. But uh message for the listeners. I couldn't I couldn't wait to come back on for this <laughs> for this episode because how good was that game? I, I well, yeah. I mean, how good was the finish to the game? I mean, the, the um, and I don't know. I mean, just we don't win games like that. No, we don't. Do we? Uh, not we do. no touch I... conversions from the touchline, um, and then you know, and then scrum in front of our own posts. Just it, it felt to me like, oh, this is you know, we, we've seen it all before. But um, uh, yeah, I just I just feel like we 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 don't win those games like that very often. No, we don't. I, I, I honestly thought as well that our chance had, our chance was the week before. I, I, yeah, I, I, did. I did. You know, even with all the changes, you know, they had some absolute quality out there, didn't they? And part of me did think had they made, you know, too many, but I still, I still <clears> thought they'd, they'd had enough. And I just, yeah, I couldn't see us, I couldn't see us sort of clawing our way back, you know, back into it. Um, and, and we did. And it was, yeah, it, it felt it felt right as well, didn't it? I, I felt after, you know, after last week that 
for me, we des- I know you don't like this, but I thought we deserved to, you know, we deserved that win. So I was, you know, I was absolutely devastated last week, and and now I'm absolutely bouncing. <laughs> it was uh, it was a huge, huge win. That massive. I don't think we can. Uh, it's almost difficult to put into words how much that meant, knowing as well where we've, you know, where we've been and how 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 poor Six Nations we had. Murph, what's your uh, your take on it in a nutshell? Well, um, I think we probably played better last week. Yeah. Um, you know, there's been talk about 14 changes. They have got the depth to make that many changes, but does it throw off the cohesion of the side? Um, they, did, they didn't play very well last week, South Africa, and won. They didn't play very well this week and lost. So, um, obviously, it's not about them, I suppose, but it, it just feels like we played better last week and got on the wrong side of the result. And uh, this week, you know, there was... Big issues at the line-out, big issues. I thought we got, a, I think we were quite um, kindly looked upon by the referee at the scrum sometime. He could have easily penalised us in the in the decisive scrum at the end. Mm. He could easily have done it, you know. And, well, we know from watching rugby on a regular basis that it's a bit of a lottery, especially if you're slightly on the back foot in a scrum. You can easily be penalised. And I, I genuinely, in the pub, with my, my uh, mates thought that's what was going to happen again, same as last week. We were going to s- snatch the lead and then um, do our special Welsh talent of uh, cocking it up in the last few minutes. But um, on this occasion, it just everything, or the stars were in alignment and we, we pulled it off, like I say, without particularly playing that well and having a... Uh, God awful line out and everything else, and we, you know, we still got over the winning line. So uh, mega, and you know, the whole day, you know, Ireland beating uh, New Zealand away, and then England beating Australia, and it's you know, all three teams losing on the same day has never happened before, and at home, so it was just a balmy day uh, Saturday. Yeah, it was, and I think uh, we're gonna we're gonna kind of come on to some listeners' questions in a minute, which have which have come in. But one point I just want to touch on there is the is the changes. And I think that's a really interesting point because you're absolutely right. Stafford brought in, you know, some real quality players mm. within there. You know, it's it's not many, not many uh, teams in world rugby who have a second choice twelve like Esterhazen. No. Uh, but at the same time, I think that that's something Wales has been guilty of is chopping and changing under Pivac. And mm. he found a side that seemed to gel last week. Pretty much went with it again, other than bringing in Cuthbert for um, Cuthbert for Adams. And, and I think that, that really benefited. And suddenly a few areas seem to have clicked. That back row performance yesterday is, you know, is a, um, you know, a, a modern day great back row performance. I thought, every, you know, each of, those, each of those players, but most importantly, collectively as a unit, it just worked. And you don't get, you don't get close to sides in South Africa unless you've got, you know, unless you've got a seriously well-functioning back row. Mm. Uh, and you're right, that was amidst the things like the line-out falling to pieces as well. So yeah. I, I do think they've benefited from a bit of consistency in uh, in selection, uh, which you know has been has been missing, I would say, uh, for large chunks of the, of the Pivac era. And um, and yeah, just a just a massive result. You know, you 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 deserve what you what you get at the end. And and um, I think you might be right. They probably did play better the week before, but at the same time. Yeah, if you can slot a conversion like that with, you know, with absolute ice cool pressure, then yeah, maybe you deserve a bit of luck that um, uh, that, that you don't get penalised at a scrum. So mm. yeah, I mean, in, in the in the history books, it will go down. It will go down as an away win. Exactly, and no one, you know, in decades to come, no one will remember that South Africa made fourteen changes or or that you know um, uh, 
we were behind with a few minutes ago, it'll, it'll just say 13-12, you know, and no one will remember how uh, wobbly the lineup was or any of that. It'll just be a result in the in the um, phone book. And um, the, uh, the weird thing is now, obviously, seven days is a long time in a in a uh, three-match series, but we actually could win a series in South Africa next week, which would be even balmier than yesterday. I mean, if, yeah, if the first week had gone... <laughs> You know, had, if if mm. things had slotted his conversion, or um, yeah. or we hadn't given away a penalty, we'd have won a series in South Africa by now. So you know, yeah. mad stuff really. But it sets it up amazingly for that final test. Uh, right, Killick, let's uh, give the first of the listeners' questions over to you. Uh, this one is from uh, Christian Phillips. He says, "Have we forgiven Pivak, and where does this leave us for the Rugby World Cup?" <laughs> Oh, tough one to come straight back in with. <laughs> I, I, I don't think we've forgiven Pivak, have we? I think that uh, we're starting to see. We're starting to see more of how. We're starting to see some more patterns, aren't we? Defensively, we're looking, you know, we're looking strong. I actually think in the back line as well, the attack is is not, you know. It's not fantastic, but I can I can see some patterns. I can see what we're trying to do. We've got quick. We've got some quick ball as well, which I think is exciting because how laboured has it been over the you know over the last year? It's just been so so slow. Um, so for me, we can actually start to see now where what he's trying to do and 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 how like how we're going to try and play moving forward. And you, you, you touched on it earlier. I do think a big part of it is that it's the selection. How can the players play together? If, if the, if there's so many changes week in, week, you know, week in, week out, it, it, it affects the whole, the, the, you know, the whole, the whole team, doesn't it? So not for me, not, not forgiven, but we're, we're looking actually like a side now and, and people are starting to talk about us again, which is great. And what do you reckon, Murph? Yeah, I don't think you can forgive losing to Italy at home, you know, with a with a experienced Welsh side. I, I don't think I don't think it's forgivable. And, and there's been other abject performances too, but um, this uh, last two weekends has shown that um, it is possible for the side to play one well under Wayne Pivac, and therefore he's gonna, you know, I think we discussed it last week. He's gonna keep his job to the World Cup, and if the World Cup goes really well, he might even get an extension after that. But um, based on the la- before these last two games, the last twelve months were not good. You know, they weren't good. So um, I don't know about for- forgiveness. It's a bit of a strong word. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's interesting. I think it just comes down to this gives them something to build on. Absolutely, and um, look, you win a test series in South Africa, and that, uh, you know, yeah. just looking at the history books, that means something. And, and mm. I know it's different now because it, there's so much more international rugby played, so there's a lot more rotation. It's not the same as you know touring South Africa in the '60s or whatever. But yeah. it's um, I was going to say '70s then, but we didn't tour there very often. I don't think in the, in the '70s. Yeah. Um, but it's yeah, it's. Um, if they, if they pull it off this week, that will be something I think that you can really look at and go, do you know what? Fair play, backs up against the wall. I thought this team was, you know, I, I didn't think the team were responding to him as a coach and the performances kind of backed that up. But you can get a tune like that three weeks in a row and if you can win a series in South Africa, then that gives him, you know, that gives him every right to, to go on and, and coach the side at the World Cup, I would say. Um, 
but yeah, it's just a, it's you know it's about backing it up, isn't it? And you know, really big games, um, which I think this I think next week turns into now. I, I don't think South Africa are going to be uh, messing around with with loads of changes. I think they will go for their fully you know fully loaded best available 50, uh, best available twenty three, um, and then you know what well, that will really test the metal. So it's uh, it, it's it's exciting, um, but I'm not. I, I still don't think that just based off two weeks. I think you know. I, We've still got a very tough group, and we're still going to have to work hard to get out of it. And then after that, who knows? But it's um, it's about putting together performances um, one after the other, isn't it? And backing them up and winning big games. So this is a start. It's something to build on. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, look, you know, it, whatever happens next week, you say if we win the series, obviously that that's phenomenal. But whatever happens mm. next week, no no coach in our history has done this. You know, no, Gatlin no, couldn't do it. Really. None of the big successful coaches in the past could go on the road we come close against uh, we said this last week come close against australia and south africa at times in the last 20 years away but um never actually done it and so um you'll always have i mean whatever happens in the future you'll always have this yeah absolutely right let's um let's take this one from james Gwynn. uh while we're talking about next week would you make any changes to the team next week obviously there's some injury stuff that we're going to talk about but yeah would, uh, but in terms of getting more experienced uh players in um, versus those who have, have toured and not played. Um, Killick, team selection next week. What, what's what's running through your head? I'd keep as many of the, as many as the starters as, as we as we can. To be honest, I think they played played fantastically well, and on the on the performances. <sighs> You know, before the before the tour happened, we were looking for if we put in one big, you know, one big performance, we would have taken that. The great thing is we put in we put in two of them, and the players are so up for it. looks looks balanced as well across the side. I wonder whether, you know, having Alan having having Alan Wynn sort of in the he's not in the background, is he? But having him sort of you know not start potentially makes a difference to the side, and they feel like it's there. It's a bit more their team. They're moving forward. I don't know. Uh, none of us will know, but I, I'd keep as many of them as possible. I think you, you know, it'd be too, it'd be, it's too harsh to make too many changes. You've got to reward them. Yeah, yeah, it's a good point. I mean, just on the element, Jones, I think that's the kind of big selection call that you've got to make. And I mm. think, you know, a, the most capped player in world rugby history. Uh, and again, we said this last week. It's not about writing him off, but it's about picking your best. You know, your best side. And right now, those two second rows are are playing incredibly well and playing incredibly well together and it kind of it doesn't matter that it's Alan Wynne Jones who's the, the other the other available option um, and in fact it, you know it gives you that impetus coming off the bench albeit the fact that he's, he's been sin binned uh, <laughs> twice in twice in two weeks which is which is a very strange and while we're talking about strange um, Murph I, I know that the listeners will want to get your um, your thoughts on the, the referee decision for that yeah <laughs> I haven't watched it back. I, I only seen it as live, but the players were asking for the TMO to be involved, the Welsh players. And then when they did show, because obviously South African TV director, when they did show a replay, yeah. it was like it looked on one viewing that it was kicked forward by a South African player in the ruck, popped out the side, and the ref said it was Alan Wynn. That's what it looked like. From that's, that's exactly what happened. Yeah. And that just goes to show, you know, what our luck is like with referees. And he, you know, like I said, I thought he looked after us a little bit in the scrum. But um, to give a yellow card there, you know, in such an important—I I thought that was going to be 
a turning point. It's lucky for, <laughs> for Angus Gardner's point of view that it didn't cost us. Otherwise, he'd yeah. be on my he'd be on the front of my dartboard. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, again, just you know, bad luck with decisions. Um, like I say, I don't, I don't think that a lot of people in the pub were complaining about the lineout, but I think a lot of that was our own making. They were, they were just yeah. able to read us so easily that there was always someone in the air with our jumper. And they just put so much pressure on the throwing and pressure on everything. They just read us, they basically read our jumper at nearly every line out, especially in the second half. And um, so we couldn't really complain about the way that was refereed. But um, no. that, that was, I mean, that's five in five in two matches, isn't it? But also, um, when it comes to refereeing, you know, if there is such a thing as refereeing karma, um, I think we've had our fair share. We've had a lifetime's worth of, uh, of good fortune, um, particularly during that kind of COVID period, Six Nations. Yeah. Um, yeah. With the, yeah, with the kind of the mixture of red cards and, and weird decisions and mm. knock-ons that go forward but don't go forward and whatever. But um, yeah, none, nonetheless, yeah, some more, some more very odd, uh, some very odd decisions there. Mm. Um, actually, yeah, what do you, what are we, while we're talking about that one, that's another, uh, another question that came in from, um, uh, from uh, Barry the puppy. Um, it says, uh, why do whales keep getting weird yellow cards? Um, is it, I mean, is this just down to, to refereeing or is it, you know, is, is it, is it decision making? What do you reckon, Murph? I don't know. I, 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 obviously, every side in, in, in international rugby is trying to make uh, the breakdown as competitive and as messy as possible so the opposition don't get quick ball because when you've got, you know, very high quality wingers in in the opposition like Cheson Corbe, Mpimpi, whoever, um, you don't want them to have super quick ball. So you've got you've to gotta be competitive with the breakdown and every side does that. And some sides seem to have like a diplomatic diplomatic immunity the breakdown and we we don't get we haven't got any of that uh you know tommy riffel tommy riffech has been <laughs> has been a revelation <laughs> in the last um, in the last couple of weeks and um i suppose if he continues uh, well because obviously they analyze individuals inside if he continues to play like this they'll start targeting him targeting oppositions will start targeting him but uh at the breakdown and um, then that could get, you know, a, he could end up being a penalty machine for the opposition, but um, it's tricky. I, I, I don't know. I, I don't, it's, it's hard not to stand like a conspiracy theorist when we're talking on this subject. Yeah. And there's enough conspiracy theories. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting, isn't it? And I'm, I think that's going to be the interesting point with, uh, with Tommy Raffle is, how um, yeah, is, is you know how he makes that step up at international level and continues to adapt and you know we saw play you know that's why I think Warburton was so good uh, in his prime is you know a lot's made about how he you know how he communicates to the referee and things like that mm. but I think just that intelligence of knowing when to go for when to go for a ball and when not to and and my gut says I think Raffle is is very very good at that I, I don't just think he's a breakdown animal like a kind of Hamish Watson type player. Um, I think you know that's, that's no slight on him. I think he's a fine player, mm. but it's I think he is more about reading it and knowing the you know playing it analytically in his head and making a snapshot decision and, and more often than not making the right one. So I, I think there's every reason to be excited by him as a player. Uh, Dan, any uh, uh, 
any players in particular? I mean, if you want to add to the, the Tommy Raffle point, please do. But anyone in particular? I know you you love to uh, your kind of player cam hones in on a few people. Yeah, you there is the a, last two weeks. Yeah, there is a few. Just going back to that that question, then um, I, I think the ref we we've been we've been dealt extremely. You know, we basically we've the refs got the decisions wrong. That's 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 what it boils down to. But I do. I partly wonder whether we could be a little bit smarter at times with what we, you know, where we where we attack on the breakdown, where we position ourselves when the refs are literally waiting to ping us. We've got quite a lot of inexperience out there. And I just wonder whether some of the sides are a little, we're, we're falling, you know, we're playing into the refs' hands a little bit on it. But I think that's, I almost feel harsh saying that. But I, I, I think it's something that maybe, you know, maybe something they could have a look at. Um, yeah, what was he was in on the on the players who's played well? Yeah. So I, I mean, everyone's talking about Dan Lee the Atante, but I think he's been absolutely immense. He is <laughs> just what he brings to the sides. You, you you know, when he's out there, I'm almost looking for Warburton <laughs> because whenever you mention him, you know, it was that 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 back row of of Warbs. You know, Falatau and, and and Lydia was uh, was incredible, wasn't it? But this back row now looks now looks great, doesn't it? I just think Murph mentioned it last week that with Lydia there, you, you Toby can do what he does best, and Raffle, you know, he, he sort of can do everything, can't he? But he can do everything that much better because Lydia's just chopping down trees all day long, and he he hits them so hard and takes them down so low that they. They just can't get anything going. It really takes this. It really takes all the weight and 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 pressure off us because they can't get the big boys going. And he just he just lines them up, doesn't he? Um, yeah, I, I don't need to. I don't need to throw myself under the bus on this, but I'm going to because I messaged you boys when the the test uh, side for the first test was announced, and I said I couldn't understand the idiot selection because it felt to me like with such little rugby he's just gambling on him turning into the the 2011 vintage of Dan Lydia and sure enough he did yeah <laughs> he pretty yeah. much did yeah 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 I think there's a massive leadership side to him as well I, th- I can imagine him in the change room like how much it means to him to get that shirt back on with the injuries that he's gone through you know the the, the obviously absence and then coming back in and having you know that that injury blow he, he's I can imagine him giving some pretty, some pretty powerful speeches. Not that he's a big, you know, he's a big one on words, but 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 just having him there must be immense. And so for me, he's been superb. I think, I think Dylan Lewis has to have a mention. You know, he's not not many people talking about him, but we're just watching the game back again today. He's he's put it. He's put in so much work. We know he's not he's not renowned for scrummaging, but he, he's 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 done a. You know he's done a good job there, for, you know, for, for for from what I can see, and he's around the park as we know everywhere, um, putting his putting his body on the line, and you know what a shift he put in the week before as well. So, you know, massive for him, Nick Tompkins. Mm. I know, I know, we've uh, you know, he's, he's he's a little bit unrecognizable the way he's flinging passes around. Like he didn't look like he really wanted to yeah. pass the ball in the past at all. You know, yeah. now he's just finding space with long twenty-yard-plus passes all over the place, and um, yeah, total change around with him. I think, uh, and I, I would echo the Dylan Lewis thing. I, I think it's a big influence on next week as if he's fit because uh, he went off injured, and so did Dan Lady. I think we could, I think we could 
manage, if, if that's the word, without Lydiat. But I think if Dylan Lewis is unavailable, completely unavailable, not even on the bench, I, I think um, it's going to be a big. Well, we don't we don't do two novices, you know, mm. in the tight head. So um, and the uh, uh, same as um, Jed has admitted that picking Dan Lydiat didn't appeal to him. I, I saw the front row going into the first game. I thought, my God, what would it, what are, what are we doing? And um, totally proved that. Well, uh, lots of people in the side have just proved everyone wrong all over the world. I think. Have. Just before we go to the break, uh, to go back to Dan's point about um, Lydia and the influence in the dressing room, I'd advise anyone who hasn't seen it to have a look at the 2013 Lions documentary. Yeah, when he captained the site, yeah. That's right. It's a really interesting bit because yeah. like, a couple of minutes before, there's him and Warburton like kind of sat in it, sat in the room having a cup of tea and a bar of chocolate before the you know like you know <laughs> the complete polar opposite of animal animal uh, back row forwards. Mm. And then when you see both of them, but particularly Lydia when he captains a midweek side, just he just switches. You know, he's a different he's a different player. And again, I think if you listen to the the repeat of the Warburton interview we had um, that I that I put out the other week, um, he talks about that game against England in the 2015 World Cup, and just players hate playing against Lydia because they're afraid of getting hurt mm. because he hits them like Dan said, he hits them that hard and he smacks them around the knees and the ankles. It, you know, he's a proper tree cutting. Exercise, you know, play, you know, so big players were scared of playing against them. Yeah, it's just, it's just occurred to me now. Well, I probably not the first one to realise it, but the three boys on the pitch there who all did rehab together from massive injuries at the Ospreys is uh, North mm. Lydiot and um, uh, the hooker. <laughs> oh God! Lake. Yeah, Derry Lake. Yeah, all all stuck there for months with each other, and then. Anscombe. Yeah, I guess he would have been there oh, as yeah. well. Yeah, yeah. And, longer, and uh, all on the pitch in a, in a you know, two two years later or whatever it is, 12 months later, in a momentous day. So it must have felt extra sweet for them, for that crowd, you know, especially the amount of hours of graft they've done to re- rehabilitate as well, you know. Absolutely. Right. We're going to take a quick break and we're going to rush through that. No time for Murph to nip to the fridge and get a San Miguel. We don't want to, <laughs> we don't want to, eat, in, we don't want to eat into, uh, into Killick's time. It's like, a, it's like being sat in the back of a, a London taxi watching the meter go up. Um, so enough waffle from me. We're going to take a quick break and uh, we'll be back very, very shortly. Right, let's continue to look ahead to uh, to next week. Um, because, yeah, I think, as you said, there's a, a, lot, of, a lot of injury worries. Um, obviously, bigger going off injured. Bit of a concern around Lydia, Dylan Lewis. Um, who else have I missed off this? Uh, Cuthbert obviously went off injured as well. Yeah. So there's going to be quite mm. a bit of um, quite a bit of chopping and changing. I mean, presumably Anscombe would slot straight into that uh, straight into that ten position if um, you know if bigger's not fit, which we we probably guess he isn't going to be. Yeah, I don't know. Um... I mean, he has, he's done that in the Six Nations before, uh, mm. gone off with something nasty or something that looked nasty and just patched himself up. And I think for a one-off game like this, for CD's decide that he might just have like 50 quid's worth of strapping put on his shoulder and carry on, do you know what I mean? But um, it, it obviously depends how it scans up and everything. But um, like I say, I, there is, I think there's genuine cover there with Anscombe and then Patchell yeah. covering the bench. But I, I do worry about tight head. I really worry. Yeah, I, there is a school of thought that maybe Wynne Jones might have to cover 
that tight as he did at the World Cup. Right. Um, yeah. And I wonder whether that is. Uh, I mean, it's a, it's, a, it's a big ask, especially if South Africa come back fully loaded. It's going to be really. Difficult. Well, I can't. I can't see anything other than South Africa reverting to type. I mean, they've struggled to get any. They've tried two different backlines now. They've struggled to get anything going. They're the best centre part, as we said last week, best centre partnership in the world. Did nothing last week. Um, I can't see anything other than than them coming for the sub front like they did in the second half last week. And so that's why I that's why I'm particularly focused on Dylan Lewis. Um, I, obviously, the idea would be if Tom Francis hadn't got knocked out last week, but uh, yeah. that's the way it is. So, uh, what about uh, what about you, Dan? Any what are your kind of immediate concerns around around those injuries? Who's going to be the biggest miss? Yeah, I'm. I am quite. I'm concerned about bigger. I know that uh, Anscombe, yeah, Anscombe played well when he. Anscombe played well when he came on. I just think the bigger's been. He's been so good, on 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 this series and so so competitive as well. He hasn't given an inch, and I've. I've absolutely loved it. I've been so, so I was so animated in that first game, you know, up off the sofa, literally, you know, literally willing the boys on, you know, because I know Murph, Murph went to town last week on it, but it was absolutely spot on. It, you know, ev- everyone, everyone was against us, weren't they? There and Bigger just led it from the front, which was great. So I think, he, he, you know, if he's, if he, if he's not available, I do think it'll be, it's a it's a big loss, even though we've got you know we've got Anscombe and Patchell, two two good boys. The game will have to be played differently, and I think the way we've played has actually benefited us with, with him there up front. Yeah, it's a big big concern, isn't it? They're just going to lock it in next week and just try and just try and you know strangle us off the you know off the park. But I do think that we've got you know if we can get a tip pass like yesterday. There was a few little lovely little tip pass. They didn't go to hand, did they? We didn't quite. They didn't quite come off. But you could see that if they did, there was space. And the way we move the ball now out wide is is quick. You know, it's 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 pacey, which I I haven't seen for a year. So that does give me hope. But we have to get you know the front row have held have held well, haven't they? Can we do that again? It's going to be a big ask. It's really interesting you say the style of play there as well. We had this message in from Gary Mason that says, with all the talk of changing styles when Pivac came in, that win was as much a Gatland-style win as any big win that, that Gats actually produced. Having said all that, have we moved on from 2019 or is this the best that, that Wales can be? What do you think, Dan? Is this kind of... Is it going to be about a change in style or is actually it going to be... You know, Is this what to expect from a Pivac side going forward? Yeah, I think that I can see a style now. It, it, it's, you know, it's physical, but but it has to start with the physicality, and that's what we haven't. That's what we haven't seen. You know, when we when we look at the you know the scarlets the scarlet side, they were they were great up front, weren't they? And 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 physical. Then with them with players that the ball players that could offload, that could get a tip pass, that could that could step. You know, Will Rowland steps, doesn't he? He doesn't he doesn't just take it take it straight in. He can do, but he's got an offload. He's got a step, and I, I, you know, I think that's what we've got to be. But it starts up. It starts up front with the physicality. We haven't seen. We haven't seen the physicality, and that's why we all thought that maybe the change room had gone. Mm. Maybe, maybe it had. Maybe, maybe you know, it, it looked as if it had, and maybe there's, you know, some someone's brought that back 
or they just it had if it had <laughs> and he's managed to bring it back from it i mean that's that's even big because it's not often that that happens if you you know normally speaking if you lose a dressing room more often than not you've lost it mm. yeah. yeah yeah if he ha- if he has managed to get it back then wow you know that's that's absolutely inc- that's absolutely incredible but i i can see a pivac style game now starting to come through but it isn't it's it's not it's not fully there and there's still loads of loads of there's still loads of errors and and bits within it but if we compare it to what we've seen over the last year we we look like a different side mm. yeah what, what do you recommend i agree yeah it, it, um, it looks like everyone knows what they're doing now <laughs> what they haven't yeah. done and now that they're kind of finding their feet in that i think there's room to improve again from where we are um be interesting to see uh, what happens if Bigger isn't fit with the captaincy because automatically you'd expect to go to go back to Alamin Jones, but he's not actually in the starting fifteen at the moment. So uh, it would, if you wanted to do that, you'd have to change your selection policy. So who would, if it's not Bigger's not fit, who would you say is going to be captain next week? I think Beard takes the role. Adam Beard. I think so. Yeah. I mean, like he, you know, was he designated vice captain during the uh, during the Six Nations uh, before Alan Wynn was was kind of um, back in the picture? I cannot see him tinkering with that uh, with that second row pair, and they've both gone incredibly well. Mm. And you know, as much as front row, you need it. You need a second row that's going to be able to take it to the South African forwards. You know, as you say, they've got a production line of. Absolute, absolute bastards um, that they can just wheel, wheel onto the pitch at any any given point. So, mm. um, you know, I think you've got to stick with that second row. Outside of that, you know, who have you got really? Is well, Lydiot, possibly, yeah, possibly. Um, but I think you know, given that you've made such a point about Beard being a vice captain during the. Yeah, yeah. Which never really used to be a thing, did it? You know, the the vice captain. You know, no. you, you might have had someone there, but it was never announced that someone was a vice captain. Mm. Given that, that that's the case, and just, I think the fact that he's kind of come from being almost cast out, you know, left out of a few squads. Um, I think he's obviously impressed him, and and my guess is he's impressed him with that attitude as much. So my gut says it would probably go to Beard. What do you reckon, uh, Kelly? Yeah, I think I, I think Beard. To be honest, there's a possibility of Falatau, but I, I just don't. Uh, if if, mm. if if it's between those two, and I think it would have to be between between those two, because we need, you know, it's probably going to be someone in the pack, isn't it? On mm. on this occasion, I would go with Beard. Yeah, I think that it would it would it would lift it would lift him as well, and it does bring that that new edge that new edge to the side again. I think that it would be. I don't think it would sit. It, I don't think it can sit right if we bring Alan Wynn in, because. We need a captain. Um, I think it would be more damaging than than, than good. And having uh, having Alan Wynn on the bench, it is it's nice, isn't it? There's something really it really is. But about what I will say in 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 defence of the idea of Alan Wynn Jones coming back as captain, he's got a better relationship with referees as a captain than anyone else in the squad. Dan Dan Bigger Dan Bigger yeah. hasn't got a good relationship with referees. Every time he speaks to a referee, everyone accuses him of being a footballer type argumentative type player he, I don't think he actually is now in his, his later years of his career but that's the way he comes across and I think the refs perceive it that way sometimes as well whereas when Halloween Jones speaks to officials it's nothing but respect all around and I think 
that aspect means it'd be the best option. But I agree. I don't know if I change selection policy just mm. just to That's, get him yeah. in, shoehorn him in as captain, if you know what I mean. You've got um, me thinking now, Murph, actually. <laughs> really good, um, Franco. I, I, I do guess. I do miss him talking to refs, I'll be honest. I do yeah. I do miss that. It, it, it's authoritative when he does it. They don't they don't they don't dismiss him. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and the other sides, it t- it tends to wind them up as well, doesn't it? But he's just yeah, yeah. They 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 yeah, he's constantly in the refs here. I, I guess maybe what do you think? If the front row if we're if we're really if we got a low if we got the young boys up in the front row, then probably it's another greater case again for Alan Wynn to come in. Mm. Um, it isn't. I think from an experience point of view, absolutely. But and I don't know the first thing about scrummaging, as you know. But it's got to help having two whacking great lumps like rolling the beard behind you. Oh yeah, for sure. Give them some front sure. at scrum time. So yeah. you know, I, I would for that reason. I, th- I think you've got to. I think you've got to stick with this. Um, stick with this and find a captain elsewhere and someone who do a good job. And I think beard. Actually, I mean Lydia. Lydia is a good shout. Actually, to be fair. Mm. Um, Murph, but yeah, mm. I think you've got to get your best side first, and then your um, and then your captain. Yeah, after that. yeah. I, I think I, as well I if agree. we, yeah, I, I would if and if we've got him on the bench as well, and things really uh, really aren't going well on the you know on that front, then we can make a, a strategic decision, you know, at, at that point. It's all academic anyway, because Bigger's going to be fit. He's going to take a massive cortisone injection in his shoulder and just roll himself out to clinch a series win in South Africa Murph will be there to administer it for him it's it's mad because um, one of the old boys from my club is there he was there last week and he was there yesterday I don't know I I haven't I'll have to check if he's staying for the third game but he's a guy who was uh, ancient now uh, you know captain the club in the 70s but he used to go on Lions tours in the 70s used to go to South Africa away and, and Anyway, he's over there for this game and um, to be there for that. I, last week, I felt sorry for him because he was there when we almost won a game and thing. And then he turns out he was there yesterday as well. So unreal to see, you know, obviously it's a big thing in Wales. I was there. But, he, you know, you were, there was a handful of people, not, not a massive amount of people who were there for the only time you've ever won in the summer the Southern Hemisphere yesterday. So. Did we get a? If we, if, we, if we win next, if we win next week, we, there might be more people uh, who were there than there were. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> were for that, yeah. In, that England game against Scott, uh, you know, where Scott Gibbs scored. Go, go on, Dan. I was going to say, can we get an attacking scrum? Quick, quick, quick trip over to Cape Town. Yeah, if, yeah, there's, re- yeah. if there's room in your private jet, mate. <laughs> in another life, I, I'm there already. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, imagine. <laughs> Oh, it's going to be some, yeah, some game. I'm sure we'll come It'd on. It'd be to worse it. places to spend a, a weekend next weekend, isn't it? Cape yeah. Town. Yeah, wouldn't it? Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's winter down there, but it's uh, you know. Oh, that's all right. It's too bloody hot here for me. Yeah, I'm, mel- I'm melting. Yeah. Um, let's let's have a quick look at the um at the other games as well. Um, I know Dan. I know you you caught the the All Blacks um the All Blacks Ireland game. Um, Christ, they've got. I mean, sending off or not, they've got the wood over the All Blacks, haven't they? Yeah, they yeah they they have yeah. Um, that was the game they needed to win, wasn't it? Away, away from Mental. home and mental. Yeah, just phenomenal, um, incredible, incredible scenes, and you know that card. Yeah, that card obviously had a, you know, had a big effect. But I thought I thought Ireland were were fantastic and. The man who was right at the uh, right at the heart of absolutely everything was was Tyke Burn, wasn't it? He was, 
he was it was a a wonderful world class performance from him. So much so that even the uh, you know the New Zealanders are talking about him on in the press, and they don't they don't usually give much credit for mm. you know for for the opposition really, especially when they've lost. Mm. But yeah, great! It's a great great win. It just set up the day so nicely. Yeah. I, I haven't seen that game, um, but I have seen the clip of Peter Romani calling Sam Kane a shit Richie McCaw. Yeah, and <laughs> he was like that the whole I, yeah, game. Yeah. Like, I mean, he is just um, so niggly, and, and not just mm. the chops in, but he's just, you know, and at times that, that boils over and he does some, he's done, you know, the occasional stupid thing. Yeah, they were win people in the face sent, over the try line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah getting sent off against yeah. Wales. Mm. Um, Last year, but I mean, under that, he's such a competitor, and he, he put in a huge performance yesterday. I thought, and yeah, you know, he's he's actually a player. I've, despite being, you, you know, normally th- those kind of players on the opposition you hate. Yeah. Um, whenever I'm watching him, for some reason, I've, I've I've always quite liked watching Omani. I just think it's, it's almost like it's just this kind of outrageous, uh, outrageous competitive bastardness about him. And um, yeah, like I say, he's not he's not. That bigger bloke, his stature, yeah. though you know, is because of his mental approach. His stature yeah. is just huge in the game. He's had amazing uh, performances for the Lions as well. Mm-hmm. And that, that yesterday was just that was world class put down. That was, you oh, know, yeah, the guy's got seventy odd caps. Sam Kane, <laughs> and he's just yeah. p- p- made him feel like an apprentice. <laughs> it's, a, it's, it's like a, it's like a cr- it's like a cricket sledge, isn't it? Yeah. The, um... Yeah. It reminds me of one of my favourites when um, a guy called Jimmy Almond was bowling for England and Mark War said to him, what the hell are you doing here? You're not good enough to play cricket for England. And he turned around and said, at least I'm the best cricketer in my family. Which um, I think, yeah, just stuff like stuff like that. It's just a, in the heat of battle, you, you've, you've got to enjoy There's it. more room for um, chatting cricket, though, in fairness. That's very true. <laughs> um, but then, yeah, obviously England, um, England getting over the line against uh, Australia... This backs up my theory about them being a um, being a side that hits a flat spot in the game. Third quarter of the game, straight after half time, they were nowhere to be seen. England. They did their best to throw that to throw that lead away, and they were very good in the first half. Um, and I don't know whether that's something that Eddie Jones is going to be able to fix before the World Cup because they've been on a stinking run of results prior to that win. And uh, yeah. yeah, I don't know. It's um, it's odd, you know. It just seems to happen in the in the in any any game they play. They sit and, and not just like you know a couple of bad minutes, a ten or twenty minute period where they just completely go to sleep or make some really stupid decisions, and uh, and and the same happened yesterday. But they had enough to enough to close it out. And they've been that that they're like a tap, aren't they? In for, for years, we've seen them play so many games where they they should have won, really should have won, and. Uh, and they end up going on losing. Obviously, they got the win. They got the win yesterday, but it's it's so unconvincing at times, isn't it? They're literally cruising, and then they just they just literally go to sleep for for, yeah. for periods. It's very very odd. It is really odd because again, you think that there, there's enough, you know, there's enough talent in that side and in that in the wider squad and in the players who he hasn't selected. Um, to say that they they should be stringing together good eighty minute performances, but I, I, that's honestly I think what has cost them, you know, in the in the last uh, since the last World Cup, that they've they've not been able to put together those those full eighty minute performances, and you know against the best sides in international rugby, if you if you put in a you know if you put in a, a dud ten or twenty minutes, you're you're not likely to get out alive. Um, but yeah, as you said, they they, they did yesterday anyway. Um, 
but yeah, just interesting to gauge kind of this far out from a from a World Cup, those sides that um, that you think are really going to feature. And I know there's a lot can change between now and then, but if I'm honest, at the moment, you know, really, if the World Cup was played tomorrow, France. France, I think, would would probably walk it, and obviously they had a, they had a scare yesterday. But um, haven't they? Um, I think with their first, their first, their, with their first choice side out, but I think they yeah. I think they've just they've just hit the right straps. Ireland are in good form, um, really good form. So you'd think that you know again, if it was played tomorrow, they'd have to feature. But they have a habit of peaking a year too early for a World Cup, don't they? Yeah. Um, so, but I mean, really, you know, England, Australia. South Africa have really not fired in this series at all, and I wasn't mm. that impressed with them in the autumn either. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, there's a good few big sides with um, with something to find. Haven't France moved up to world number one on the back of yesterday? They, they have for the yeah. first time in their history. Yeah. Really, the first time. Mm. Oh, well. yeah. Um, yeah, but you know, South Africa have got a habit of just and, and Australia, in fairness, have got a habit of just pulling it together in the last few months before the tournament. And um, uh, as we know, Ireland got a habit of peaking too soon, being world beaters twelve months early, and so. And to um, be fair, as does, as does Eddie Jones, as we said before, his, his yeah, record at yeah. World Cups is phenomenal. So he knows how to get a team ready for that. As much as he's, you know, yeah, um, taking a lot of stick from the from the the British press this year. Well, I, I think he's probably under more pressure than Wayne Pivac at times. Um, and I, I pers- I just personally think it's selection. Um, Till he till he gets the selection right to the England side, the the balance and the the way they want to play won't come together. I I, I just think if you're going to pick Marcus Smith, you've got to, you've got to have more pace in your back row. And I I just think the two things are the two things they're doing, which is a, a big lump on the blind side, a second on the blind side, and having the one of the most attacking outside halves in the world on the pitch at the same time is they're just at odds with each other, and it won't work until he does one or the other. Yeah, they goes back to Farrell at ten, which we know is. A dead end, really, in terms of creativity. <clears throat> or he picks an actual out and out, not out and out fly, a, a genuine blind side with pace on the open side. If you're gonna, if you're gonna, that's the way I see it, and that's why that's why they go in through um, whatever you want, a tr- transitional phase or flat spots, whatever you want to call it. That that's that for me is the underlying issue with the English side. Yeah, it's a good point. And actually, the, to be fair, I thought Farrell had a really good game at twelve. Um, and not just you know kind of slotting his kicks. I, you know, I thought I thought his, his game management and you know his kicking out of hand was good as well. Whereas actually I think Marcus Smith, who is obviously the, the exciting option, that game management bit wasn't there. There was a lot of kicks going far too long that um, that put pressure back on um, back on Australia. But yes, yeah, it's, it's a fascinating point. You're right. It's not just about picking that that one informed player, is it? It's about having a, a team that's set up to to facilitate it. Yeah, and I, I, you know, we've been over this with Eddie. I just think it's boils down to a, a quite a lot of just pig-headedness when it comes to his selections. You know, um, I, I, any pundit that kind of points out the obvious, a uh, high-profile pundit on TV or in the press, and um, it just seems, from an, as an outsider's point of view, just seems to make Eddie dig his heels in even more over that idea. If you know what I mean. Yeah, I don't know if you've ever listened to the uh, the Times podcast, um, oh. but Stephen Jones, the journalist, is on there. And I mean, I think he, I think it's largely just a vehicle for Stephen Jones to slag off Eddie Jones. Yeah, 
Um, he hasn't got many supporters, you know, like uh, Woodward completely crucifies him in the my dad's mail. I hasten to add, I do not read the mail. But my dad does, so I flick through the back page now and again. And um, I don't think he's got any fans, you know, apart from the chief exec of the WRU, uh, R- RFU. Uh, I don't think he's got any supporters in the media. No, I think you're right. And obviously, he probably doesn't enamour himself to them at, at times either. But it's, um, yeah... I don't know. It's it's going to be fascinating. Big Six Nations ahead for them. I th- I think they need something. Uh, oh, sorry, the autumn before that. Um, but yeah, big you know a big season ahead for for England. I think because all the players are there. You're right. If he can if he can find the right selection for it to gel, then then who knows? It, things might well just um just click in time for the World Cup. But right now he's he's under a lot of pressure and and um with all of that, it, these test series are just so well set up for for the third weekend, aren't they? You know, absolutely amazing that, that we're going to go into our game against uh, against South Africa with a chance of winning England, Australia as a decider, and then Ireland, New Zealand as well. Um, you know, obviously Argentina, Scotland is a bit less high profile, but um, but yeah, it's a, it's going to be a fascinating weekend of rugby. Yeah, I mean, yeah, me, go, go on, Dan. Go on, no, no, oh, go I was going to, I was going to say, yeah, this week it just makes the week so much better, doesn't it? You know, you get it. We're all going to be so excited now. Monday's Monday's going to be a good Monday. Tuesday building. Wednesday plans then on, you know, where where everyone's going to be watching watching the games. I can't really think of a of a sort of weekend like it. Really, can you for the in terms of how just how big this is for for the northern hemisphere? Mm. It's incredible. It's great. Yeah, I mean, as I definitely said on this before, the hemisphere stuff, I don't care about, frankly. Like, I, I have no attachment to a hemisphere whatsoever. And <laughs> long may England carry on losing games. But um, it, it just makes it more exciting as a contest. And that's the bit for me, is like, test series are a traditional way of doing rugby. And it really works if you go into the third test with with everything on, on one match. You know, that's what we want is meaningful rugby. Whereas we could have, exactly. you know, in the past, you, you've ended up with series that are already 2-0. And, yeah, and dead rubbers. We're casual, dead rubbers. casual rugby fans are not even paying attention next week. And they don't understand why you're playing the game. Yeah. You know, it's like, yeah. why, why would you play when they've already won the series? Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so it's, it's fascinating. And again, just to me, it just it drums home that bit about playing meaningful rugby, playing with something on the line. And look, if the future of that is Test Series, that's that's one thing. But just find a way of playing less, you know, less random, less random games of rugby and less dead rubbers. Uh, you know, I think we'll, we'll put the sport in um, in a much better position. Agreed. Right, we are rapidly coming towards the end of this. We've already snuck 10 minutes of extra killing time, which uh, <laughs> I think his people are going to invoice us for um, at a later date. I can see his, uh, his press manager t- pointing to the pointing to the clock already. Um, two minutes, so boys. Press... Two minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to press you for some uh, for some predictions um, next week. Let's let's get predictions on all the games then. Um, so let's start with you, Daniel. Let's start with uh, with Ireland All Blacks. All Blacks. Um, comfortably or by ten. And what do you reckon to that one, Murph? Well, I mean, uh, that series is even weirder than ours because, you know, Ireland, 40 points put on them last week. Um, So, and then, you know, I think the scoreline, from what I understand, the scoreline yesterday flattered New Zealand. 
You know, the island. Yeah, try later. Try later. Yeah, Ireland were more dominant than the score suggests. Uh, so I don't know what to make of it. I, I mean, can't wait to watch it. Um, and I've been, I, I, I'm tempted to um, keep my mouth shut because I've been wrong on about every Wales game uh, in this series. I thought we were facing well. I think I'm not alone. Everyone thought we were just facing a drubbing in every match. So, um, I mean, I, I hope Ireland do it. It's, it's a, it's a, you know. Six years ago, they had never beaten the All Blacks. They came close in 2013. They've left their lines at home. And then since 2016, they've beaten them four times out of seven. So it's just, it's weird. Obviously, it's not, you you know, it's not a great vintage of All Blacks. You know, if they're playing well, they're number one in the world. It's as simple as that. Um, So you'd have to say that they caught them at a good time, but... I, I mean, as a Welshman, I'd settle for catching them at a good time as well. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I think you're right. I'm going to go for. Um, I, I think Killick's are back right here. I reckon it's going to be. It could be close for sixty, but then I think the All Blacks might um, just at home. There'll be there'll be a lot of pressure on them, but I also think they'll they'll have a, a bit extra in reserve. So I'm going to go All Blacks by twelve. Uh, England versus Australia there, or Australia versus England, I should say. Uh, let's start with you on this one, Murph. Um, and again, uh, I haven't, I, I didn't see the other two games, so I'm, I'm, I'm throwing a pin in the newspaper like I do with the horses. Uh, I would say, well, wishful thinking, Australia. There you go, Australia. Dan, England for me. Yeah. Yeah, I do. They should I I think they should win comfortably. But they'll probably have that 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 dopey period. So uh yeah. but I I do think England will get the win. Yeah, I think um a few injury concerns for Australia I think might um might mean England get the get the nod there. So I'm going to go England by 3 close close tight game that one. Um Let's before we do the Wales one. Let's do, let's do a prediction for Argentina Scotland, which actually I haven't seen a minute of this series, so I'm doing I'm doing a Murph here. But um, I think Scotland will be up for it off the back of this week, so I'm going to go Scotland by three. I'll join yeah. you, Scot- Scotland yeah. win. Yeah, Scotland. It's probably more comfortable than that. I would say after this week. Yeah. Fair enough. And then right onto onto the big one. Um, I'm going oh, to come geez. to you first, Murph. I'm going to come to you first. I mean, uh, a lot of well, a lot of next week hinges on who's fit. Obviously, for us, um, they're probably like I say, going to revert the type and probably go back to all their big, bigger names. You know, the the ones that were left out this week, um, and possibly could end up with a similar score to the first test with that South Africa nudging it or shading it. But um, if we've got too many missing on the back of yesterday. It, it could end up being um, more comfortable for them. Yeah, I'm gonna. I unfortunately, I think it's going to be in that mould. I think that when they go back fully loaded, and um, I think that the injuries will take their toll, mm. and I think it's going to be one of those set piece dominated games, and we're due a bit of a stuffing at the scrum, which, as you say, is they they performed admirably. Plus, a bit of a bit of refereeing has meant that that hasn't been. A huge issue this tour so I could see that being a 
being a problem uh, and if the line out starts creaking that could go awry so I'm actually going to go South Africa seven by 17 I think I think this wow. this could be the this could be the, the tough one so I really hope I'm wrong scoundrel over to kill it over to kill it to uh, to hand this uh, the the optimism oh teed up nicely I I I honestly think that it's going to be one too many games for us and I actually thought that that was going to be the case this weekend mm. so um, I'm really pleased that I I was wrong, but I th- I for me I, I can see South Africa getting the win, you know the win in this game. But I I really hope that I'm wrong. Not the uh, not the upbeat finish <laughs> I was anticipating for Dan. You, you, once again, you've kept us on our toes the entire. Uh, the entire 60 minutes that we've that we've got you here um so, but yeah that brings us to a timely conclusion for this week uh so a a big thanks to, to dan for uh taking time out of his busy schedule as the uh estate agent to the stars and the king of cowbridge to uh to jump on this call uh thanks to the mighty murph as always thanks to everyone who sent questions in hang on, uh, hang on. if, if oh, he's oh, the king of cowbridge oh. i want to be known as the lord mayor of canton thanks very much it, uh, it, sounds, it sounds a bit like that, mate. It. Anyway, um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll we'll bring it to a close for this week. Thanks everyone to listen in as well, and of course, thanks for our sponsors at So Coffee Trades. If you want to get some great quality coffee, you can do that. At SoCoffeeTrades.co.uk. Right, we will be back uh, to chat rugby with you next week. Win, lose, or draw, but let's hope Wales can uh, can uh, yeah make some make some some more history next week. Right. We'll chat to you soon. Sports Social Podcast Network.